Thank you for listening to the Passion Church Podcast. Our mission is to help you win by living a genuine Jesus-filled life. If you are ever in Cameron, Missouri, come and see us and join the Passion Church family. Visit our Facebook page or our website at passionchurchmo.com to find out more about us. Let's make the main thing the main thing. Grab your Bible right now. Everybody look at the clock. I've got 20 minutes to preach a two-hour message. Are you ready? (laughs) Ephesians. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. If you're joining us today by streaming, God bless you. Glad that you're a part. Stay close. I run up and down the aisles. Makes the cameraman nervous. But stay with us. God's going to do something great. Last week, we talked about a fresh anointing. And I left you with the hope last week we were going to talk about the former and the latter rain. Uh, but the Lord switched directions on me. And so how many things are better to follow him than follow my own idea? And so I just followed him. So Ephesians, the sixth chapter, going to read one of the most familiar scriptures. If you've ever dealt with spiritual warfare whatsoever, you know this scripture. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, the 10th verse, going to read out of the King James. It has the these and thous. Don't let that throw you. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of whose might? His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles. That means the schemes of the devil. How many have ever had the devil scheming on you? Mm. Now, I want you to understand, he says, finally, my brethren, he's actually arriving at an ending thought. And starting with chapter 1, this whole entire book really has been about spiritual warfare and how you are equipped in spiritual warfare. So Ephesians 6.10 is about supernatural power. Slap your neighbor a high five and say, this is beyond man. Mm Mm-hmm. It's talking about the power that God makes available for us, the believer, to fight with unseen demonic powers that come to war against the soul. Anyone ever felt like you've been bombarded? Anyone ever felt like your mind was a battlefield? Anyone ever felt unsettled in your spirit and you felt as though the enemy was lobbing grenades at you? And one circumstance turns into another, into another, into another, until pretty soon you feel like it's a full-on assault on your life. I think, I think most of us have been there. If you have been there, raise your hand. Let me see. This is the right crowd. So look at this. Let's take a, a, a quick look at the word strong. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. That word strong in the Greek language is in dunameo, in dunameo. It means a power whose purpose is to infuse a believer with an excessive dose of inward strength. That's a mouthful. That's a lot to get your mind around. Now, 
the first part of this, it's a compound word, which means it's two words put together. And the first part of this word is en, and it is a, uh, a primary preposition, and it means fixed position, something fixed. How many love it when God gives you the fix? I love it when the fix is in. Colleen was talking about drawing out of here wanting to win a prize on Mother's Day, but if we did that, you'd say the fix was in. You see where we're going with that. But here the beauty is, is the, the, the fix is in with God. And that also means, it also means to rest in that position. It means the fix is in, and I'm resting in the position of what I understand. God's already got this. I'm going to run. It means the fix is in, and I know it. Mm -hmm. This will make a, a, a Methodist boy shout. <laughs> So let me read that one more time. And we all know that, that dunameo is, is where we get the word dunamus, and dunamus is the explosive power of God. This isn't talking about something that uh, is powerless or just an alluded to power. This is talking about having a an in with God, a fix with God that is infused in who you are of dynamite explosive power. Let me read it again. Endunameo means a power whose purpose is to infuse a believer with an excessive dose, an excessive dose of inward strength. It is power so strong, it can stand any kind of attack and, and oppose any kind of force. We're talking about the ultimate force of God. The ultimate force of God. In the classic Greek literature, this word is used to create characters, mythical characters, such as Hercules. Hercules. That's what your mama does at the ball game. Go, honey, go. When you're a little kid, you know how it is. So here's what I want you to understand. I wish I, I meant to bring... Uh, an illustration, and I forgot today, but you'll get this. Go to the dream theater with me. What happens when you take a tea bag and you drop it into warm water? Suddenly, what's in the tea bag becomes infused into the water. God wants to infuse you, instill a quality. Inside of you, that word infuse means a quality in someone or something. It's like soaking tea or herbs in liquid to extract the flavor or the healing properties. How many want to be flavored like God and walk around with his healing properties? Finally, my brethren, be, can I read it this way? If, if, I, if I put this Greek word the way it's really translated... Look at this. Finally, my brethren, be soaked in the Lord. 
When it says be strong in the Lord, it means be as full of his flavor as possible because you've been infused with his essence. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to shout. I got doodads running up down my legs. Good thing I got my tall socks on. Whew. And to be honest with you, they're Sunday socks because one of them's got a hole. It's the truth. Finally, my brethren, be soaked in the Lord until you are so filled with his qualities that you, that you extract his abilities. Ooh, ooh. I got to say that again. I know I got 20 minutes to do this, which means we're going to get out at 1 o'clock. It's that new math. Stumps me. <laughs> Finally, my brethren, be soaked in the Lord until you're so filled with his qualities that you extract his abilities. Now, now get this. This morning when we prayed for people, you saw some manifestation of things. Not because I have anything, but it's because God has something to share. We're a vessel. He's the power. We're representations of him in the earth. We're not him. Don't get no goofy gospel going on. That little year God's, let's erase that. No. No, 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 no. We are like our God in that we were created like him and have a capacity to hold him. So get this. These qualities are not yours. These qualities and these abilities belong to the Lord. Power and might. Let's take a look at that. Let's read that one more time. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. This word power here is not the word dunamis. This word power is the word kratos, kratos. The word kratos. Kratos means demonstrated power. Kratos is demonstrated power. This is what made Jesus' ministry so effective compared to the church world of his day because they were operating under law, but Jesus was operating in spirit. And that's why the crowds came to John and the crowds came to Jesus because they were operating by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And everywhere Jesus went, he caused a revival or a riot or a massive healing campaign because he operated in Kratos, demonstrated power. Now, this word also is, is uh, translated dominion or dominating force. How many knows Jesus said, I came to fulfill the will of the Father, the one who sent me? 
He didn't walk in the earth as a man filled with the Holy Ghost doing his own thing, but surrendered to the will of the Heavenly Father, only doing what he heard the Father tell him to do. So he didn't walk into crowds and just heal at will. He walked into the crowds and was moved by the compassion and the power of the heart of Father God through the Holy Spirit. They're so sensitive with him because he spent so much time being infused with God in his prayer life and in his personal time stolen away with God that there he would hear the will of the Father and move under the instruction of the Holy Spirit, while vast crowds of people were affected by the demonstration of God's power. Now, let me help you. This isn't merely an intellectual belief. We do have to believe intellectually, ladies and gentlemen. You have to hear the word, and you have to believe that word. But this is talking about that 12-inch drop from the brain to the spirit of man, the heart, the center of who you are, not the beating muscle, the center of who you are, the spirit of man. It means that you have more than a mental ascent, but you're walking by faith, understanding that God holds a power and he wants to steep you. Is that a good word? Infuse you, steep you in his power, heat you up until all of his flavor gets in you. Because if his flavor is in you and his healing properties are in you, then you can make a difference when he needs you to make a difference in someone's life. Are you with me so far? So, Kratos, Kratos, I'll get it out, is eruptive, demonstrative, tangible power. It is not hypothetical power. It is real power. Mm. Turn back with me, if you would, real quickly to Ephesians, the first chapter. I want to show you something about Kratos. going to mess you up. I'm having fun. Can you tell? Ephesians, the first chapter. Again, we're talking about spiritual warfare and salvation and the promises of God and how to be the, uh, you know, how to walk in the redemption of God. Look at this, verse 19. Mm-hmm. See, just before that, in verse 18, he says, you need your eyes opened up to the understanding and the hope of the calling that you have because the riches of the glory of the inheritance has been infused into the saints. What Jesus did was win back for men what Adam lost. And as long as we're in Christ Jesus, we can operate the way Adam did in the earth. The only thing is you and I have to overcome the nature of the first man, Adam, in order to stay aligned with Christ Jesus, which means I have to work on me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. How many are constantly working on you to just keep you where you need to be? But that's a good thing. We want that, don't we? Look at this, verse 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his 
mighty power. We've seen those words just a while ago. His mighty power, which he wrought or brought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Let me finish. Far above, not just a little above, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the one which is to come. And then it says he put all of his enemies beneath his feet. Man, am I having fun. So I want you to see here that the word power used in this context, speaking of what happened to Christ Jesus in his death and his resurrection, that word, their power, is the word kratos. Kratos' power is the power that brought Jesus up from the grave. That's the flavor he wants to infuse into you. Hmm. Whoo. I'm going to read it again. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power or his mighty kratos, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead? The context of Ephesians 6 is the same, a power above the power of Satan. Ephesians 1.21, it tells us that far above all principality, power, might, or dominion, they are all under the feet of Jesus. <laughs> and this verse in the Greek reads identical to Ephesians, the 6th chapter and the 10th verse. In other words, the power that we are infused with is the same power that resurrected Jesus, one and the same. We, we have resurrection power working in us. This is what brought you out of spiritual death unto spiritual life. When you whispered a prayer at the altar in a heart of sincerity, you went from the living dead to the living living. You came from a place where you were separated from God because of the first man, Adam, into the place where now you are alive with God, walking with God as Adam did in the beginning in the creation and he walked in the garden in the cool of the day. You now are walking with God in the spirit through Christ Jesus, the second man, Adam, who has placed all of the devil's power underneath his feet, and now he's infusing his likeness into you so that you can operate in the same power and likeness of Christ Jesus while living on the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We have the resurrection power working in us. Now, remember, we are talking about a power of demonstration. Kratos' power is so overwhelming that the Roman soldiers fainted and crumbled to the ground when Jesus' tomb was filled with Kratos' power. They're standing outside the tomb and were affected. Boom! Can you imagine what it would have been like to be in the room? In fact, 
at the tomb of Lazarus. By the way, that was a one-day-too-late miracle. In Jewish custom, anything beyond the third day is impossible. We serve the God of, of impossibilities. Mm. That one day late, too late miracle made believers out of thousands of people at the tomb of Lazarus until the crowd of the religious wanted to kill Jesus and Lazarus. Mm. It was here that Jesus infused with the Spirit of God, released Kratos' power before he himself found himself in the place and need of Kratos' power. He even declared to Martha that he himself was Kratos' power, the resurrection and the life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When Kratos' power filled the tomb of the lifeless body of Jesus. It so infused the tomb until every lifeless cell of the corpse of Jesus was so filled with the flavor of life, death had to let go. I don't know how you sit there. Because this is so down inside of me that all we need to overcome death is a little life. All we need is the Kratos of God. All we need is the infilling of God to overcome man's greatest enemy. He's not Jesus' enemy. Jesus defeated him. But he told us the last enemy of man is death. I'm here to tell you that even if I should go by the way of the grave, I want you to know, baby, I'm still alive in Christ Jesus because I've been infused with the power of his resurrection. <laughs> Woo. I'm having fun. Mm -mm -mm. That power was so overpowering and irresistible that the spirit of death choked for air inside the tomb. And had you and I been standing outside of the tomb of Jesus on resurrection day, we would have felt the ground tremble with the electricity and the force of God, life flowing underneath and around that rock, shaking the ground, letting us know that God is real. The Roman soldiers didn't know what to do, and that what happened to them is what you see happen sometimes when people come to the altar for the first time. Manifestations happen to them because they're having a real encounter with a real God. Now, I don't live by that. I don't bank on that, but here's what I want you to understand it's not unusual. I've prayed for people who come to the altar for the first time, and they look at me and they go, I can't stop shaking. I said, I know, because I've been there too. Saw a couple people fall on the floor today. Well, we saw what happened to these Roman soldiers. You get in the power of God, boom. Sometimes, sometimes he just overtakes. Now, we all have been accosted by some hyper-spiritual person who has to fall at everything, runs it all for, for all the sincere folk. We used to have a lady in Excelsior. I shouldn't tell this, but I'm going to tell it. And we being taped, I'm going to tell it. We used to have a lady back, back when we first started in, in Lawson who we couldn't do anything without that lady falling in the floor. 
And it was always a big demonstration. Boom. And we started on concrete floors. How she done that and didn't crack her cranium, I don't know. And I don't put that down because I know sometimes God, God does things just that powerful in people's lives. So please, I'm not making fun of that. But I knew something wasn't quite right here. And we would t I'd say, we're going to take up the offering. Oh, boom, she'd hit the floor. I'm like, what is so spiritual in that? So one time... One time she got going, and she went out, and when she did, she grabbed my mother-in-law's hair. If anybody knows my mother-in-law, old ex-country singer who got born again, loves the Lord Jesus Christ, they all have Dolly Parton hair. Do you know what I mean by Dolly Parton hair? It is stuck on. <laughs> and she went, whoop. <laughs> and my mother-in-law standing there, but no hair. She had a sock on her head. Whoop. Not good. Not good. So my Pentecostal mother-in-law gave a real quick lesson about decency and order to this young, this, this woman. And, you know, she never did, she didn't make noises, but she never fell out at offering ever again like that. <laughs> we all needed a laugh. <laughs> I've lost my place. I don't even know where I'm at. You know, I'm all messed up. <laughs> oh goodness <laughs> if we'd have been standing outside of the tomb we'd have felt the power of God the same as we do sometimes when people come up here and I don't ever want to put a cap on God keep God from doing what God needs to do and sometimes God does things and it, 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 it is a little baffling and it is a little strange to us and to our natural senses but God can do whatever he wants to do he's God at the same time, we must keep decency in order. We can't just be silly just for the sake of being silly or drawing attention to ourselves because it's not about us. It's about God and that person being connected in that moment. And I've seen people stand numb from head to toe. I've seen people who couldn't even pray the prayer hardly with you because their mouth was so overtaken by God. And I've seen people who instantly were healed, who knew nothing of healing, Standing in the presence of a Kratos moment of power with God. Are you, are you with me so far? So let me move on. Had you glimpsed inside the tomb, you would have seen the strongest power ever known to man at work. As God's power infused the entire tomb with the anastasis and the zoe. Those are the Greek words for resurrection and life. In other words, the horizontal stronghold of death on that day collided with the vertical explosion of life. And it was no match. I would have loved to have been at the tomb of Lazarus that day. I've heard theologians say that if he hadn't called Lazarus by name, everybody in the graveyard would have came out. Yeah. 
That's how deep and vast and powerful our God and his word is. Ask science. They say that the, the heavenlies are continuing to expand. The universe is expanding and expanding. And Why? Because God said, let there be, and his word is never retracted. That's why the word says his promises are yes and amen. So let me, let me finish. I would have loved to have been out there on that day. I would have loved to have seen people faint who were mocking Jesus in that moment when he said, stop crying, dry up your tears, because most of those people were paid mourners. They were paid to cry. Wouldn't you love that? <laughs> Hanging all over everything, acting all goofy. Then as soon as, as soon as no one's watching, they get out their wallet and start looking to see how much money they made for crying. Come on. And the mourners, the paid mourners, you know, they saw something. They got a life lesson that day. Everybody at the tomb got a life lesson that day. That when Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life, you better believe he is the resurrection and the life. And he was giving us a precursor of what was about to happen at his own tomb. And what he called Lazarus, it says he snorted like a horse in the original Greek language. He was so deeply grieved because of the unbelief that surrounded the tomb of Lazarus that when he cried out, Lazarus, come forth, uh, he, had, he had to put away all the naysayers out of his, his uh, general region so that he could call life out of death. And I would love to have seen how that mummified, wrapped up body of Lazarus came out of that tomb. I would have loved to have seen, I don't know if he crawled out on his shoulders like this. I don't know if he came out hopping like this. But I know one thing. When he came out, everybody stood in awe. And to prove who was in that linen cloth, they had him unloosed. Loose him and let him go. And when God looses you, it's to the fullness of life. He doesn't want you living in the death rags of death. He wants you free and mobile to live the fullness of the infusion of the life of Christ within you. That horizontal stronghold of death had no power when it came up against the vertical explosion of life. The demons dancing around the body of the Savior fled in terror and the blinding light of Kratos. So Paul is teaching us through this word, with this overpowering presence of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, we can expect this same power that raised Jesus from the dead to work for us. Just as the Roman soldiers fainted at the Kratos in the tomb, no demon, no principality, no power or might or dominion can anymore hold you down or stop us from being fulfilled and fulfilling our destiny. And because we are overcomers in Christ Jesus, this same Kratos resurrection power will not only empower us to operate here on earth, but it will deliver us to the arms of our Savior, Jesus Christ, in death. We shall come up victorious if we should go by the way of the grave or the sounding of the trump. It 
makes no difference. The word has empowered me as an overcomer that I'm as long as I'm infused with the power of Christ Jesus, I represent him in the earth and I can at his beck and call be called out of my ordinary everyday walk to come in contact with somebody who needs a touch. I can come to a brother or a sister and allow God to be God in that moment that I hold no power but while I'm praying for that person and believing in faith with them any two touching as together anything that they shall ask it shall be given unto them and as we pray and the Kratos power of God that we're both saturated in meets up with the will of the Father all of a sudden whatever's ailing my brother is no longer ailing him because now he's infused and filled to the overflowing power of what it is God designed for him in the first place. So turn up your level of expectation. You didn't even hear me. Turn up your level of expectation. Why should we, the church, be walking, being dictated to in 28 about where we can go and what we can say and what we can do. And they're trying to legislate and take our Bible off of the shelves. And whatever happens on the West Coast eventually crosses the nation. I'm here to tell you it's time to get a backbone. I'm not trying to get political. I'm trying to arouse you to arise because the Bible says in the last days there should be a great falling away, but it also promises the greatest revival the world has ever known. And it will come through a remnant of believers who dare to believe that the infusion of God God has come to us. So rise with your expectation. Arise in the day that lays ahead of us. Let's stand up and really be the church. Let's get an anticipation that this powerful, mighty power of God will work with us and work in us and work through us to change the world around us. You see, God didn't speak to me, revival in Cameron, for us to just be another pretty little church on three quarters of an acre with a nice little sign outside. God has called us to come in and turn our community upside down with the cause of Jesus Christ. I didn't say go out and be an irritant to everybody that you mean. I said go out and be ready at any given moment when the Spirit says go to step out and to grab hands with somebody and dare to believe in aisle 13 at Walmart that God can change everything in their existence in that moment and for the first time in their life they will know what it is to breathe real life. Now, that's the word power. How many want to know what the word might means? Are you ready? Then stay ready and meet me here next Sunday morning at 10 o'clock because we're going to talk about might next week. Father, I thank you for these. We're so glad you listened to this message today. Our goal is to bring hope, encouragement, and help you win, all while building God's kingdom. At Passion Church, we believe in community. If you would like to partner with us in prayer or giving, then send us a message on Facebook or through our website at passionchurchmo.com. We'd love to hear how God is impacting your life through this ministry.